The Physician's Road. Create your life in medicine, on your own terms. Today, we are on the path to wealth. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Peter Kim of Curbside Real Estate and Passive Income MD about his journey in OB anesthesia and how that led him to start these two online companies that help physicians with the home buying process and learning about passive income, respectively. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Welcome, everyone, to the Physician's Road Podcast. I'm Dr. Eric Tate. We're here today with Dr. Peter Kim, who's a very interesting gentleman. We have uh, uh, known each other kind of in the online space now for a good while, and he's doing some very interesting things um, with two different businesses that he's he's a part of. Uh, One is curbside real estate, uh, where he helps physicians in the home buying process. And then Passive Income MD, where he helps physicians uh, learn different ways to generate passive income while still being a physician. And so today we have him with us on the path to wealth to talk about, just to have a conversation, kind of talk about his journey, where he's been, um, the two different businesses he started, and how those businesses help physicians in their everyday life. So Peter, uh, welcome to the Physicians Road Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a long time in coming. We've been trying to get this scheduled for for a while. That's my fault. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, no. No big deal. We're we're both pretty busy. So um, so tell everybody. Tell everybody about kind of how you got started. How did a busy anesthesiologist end up, you know, with these two different platforms and, and helping physicians out? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, again, my name is Peter. I'm an anesthesiologist, particularly an OB anesthesiologist here on the West Coast in Los Angeles. Uh, I met my wife out east where I'm from, from Baltimore, Maryland. And she was also in medicine and she brought me out here to the West Coast. And now, honestly, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I came out of practice and came out of, sorry, came out of fellowship in 2011. I did, again, my OB anesthesia fellowship. I came out and you know, I expected to kind of do the same path everyone else did, um, which is I just thought you just go ahead and work as a physician, as an attending and make your money. And eventually somewhere down the line, you hope you've uh, you know, saved enough to hopefully retire someday. And I really didn't know anything else. But then I had a few people turn me on to a, a couple books and one of them being the Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I'm sure Eric is quite familiar with that book. And it got Absolutely. me thinking, yeah, I know. It kind of launched the the thousands of real estate careers or just different types of, you know, it's, it's a mindset book mostly. And it gets you thinking about different ways to create income and what's the difference between active versus passive income, uh, unlinking your time from your money and these kind of uh, concepts that there's, there's nothing that we're taught in medicine that kind of leads us to this point. Anyway, so it got me thinking a little bit differently. And it was kind of funny because a couple of things were happening at the same time. I, I was a junior in my practice I wasn't getting, the economy was still down at that point. Uh, cases were down. I wasn't getting a lot of time. And so my income wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. At the same time, there were some politics in the group. And, you know, uh, I also had a couple of friends whose groups got bought out by, by other large, I guess, private equity groups. And next thing you know, uh, they were either, either told, you know, take a 30% pay cut or honestly move on and find another job. And so all these things were happening at the same time within the first maybe year or two 
uh, since I was out in practice. And also it made me think, you know, is this kind of the rest of my career? It's going to be like this with this uncertainty, with this insecurity. Uh, am I going to be reliant 100% on medicine here to get me where I want to be? And is that a smart thing to do? And of course, there's all these changes about, you know, all these you know, reports about how physicians, are, how, how lives are, are different physicians, physicians are unhappy because of changing regulatory political issues. And so I looked at all this and I said, look, I can't, I can't continue to just keep going where I'm going. I'm sure, Eric, you, you kind of hit that same point too at some point. And uh, I began looking at different things. And one of the big things I landed on because of that book and, and seeing other physicians who are extremely successful uh, was real estate. And so that's kind of how I started down the original path. Uh, should I go into how I kind of started some of these other businesses or? Well, yeah. So you said real estate. And so let's, well, let's explore that a little bit. So what did you start with in real estate? And then we can go kind of how that branched you off into the other paths. Well, yeah. I mean, the first thing is I thought, okay, how am I going to start investing myself? But even before then, the first thing I wanted to do, what most people do when they first finish uh, residency fellowship is they kind of want to just get settled and create a life for themselves. And so I, my wife and I, we decided to buy a home. And again, nobody, you know, we're, we're a little bit uh, stunted when it comes to financial, uh, financial matters. We, we never bought a home where I'm already in my thirties and uh, she was a couple years behind me. And so we just thought we'd go to open houses. So that's what we did. We went to open houses, found a house and we fell in love with, and we didn't even know what to do. We didn't even have an agent. We just said, Hey, we're, we're interested in this home. And they said, well, it costs this much. And so we kind of did a little bit of negotiation right there on the spot. And we came up with, uh, came up with a number. And the next thing you know, uh, they told me, all right, just go find out your loan situation, find financing for it, and then uh, come back and, you know, that sort of thing. So um, honestly, I had no idea where to start. And so yeah, I, I, said, I said that, I said, you kind of went backwards on that one. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is like, this, this is 2012. Uh, so back then it was a different market than it is now. I mean, that back then sellers were begging buyers, 2011, 2012, to just come in the door and buy something. I mean, financing was tight. People were still recovering from the economy. And so it wasn't a good market. It's totally different from what it is today. And so it was simply, we could just walk in there and just say, look, I want to buy it. And they were just kind of begging us to buy the place. So uh, yeah, then we just decided, to, okay, how am I going to figure out financing? And so I went around asking people, they said, all right, you can just kind of go to your local bank and figure out what's going on. And honestly, I, I tried that. I went to my bank, uh, which was Bank of America at the time. And honestly, they told me you're not going to qualify because you have a short work history. You don't have a lot sell, you know, down, saved up for down payment. And so I said, okay, well, let me go to the next one. Then I went to the next one. Then I went to the next one. And next thing you know, 10 banks down, I still am no further along. And I pretty much given up. And I remember this, this was sitting over Thanksgiving. My wife and I were sitting there with our family and we're, you know, everyone's like, oh, we heard you were trying to buy a home. And we're like, well, I don't know. Nobody can, nobody will <laughs> lend us some money. And everyone's like, oh, you're, you know, you guys are doctors. You know, you came out of your residency training. Nobody's going to lend you any money. And I said, well, it doesn't work that way. I mean, we, we don't qualify because of the lower down payment. We have some student loans and these kind of things. And so we quite, you know, we said, all right, well, we might not be able to find this home, you know, until someone kind of pointed me towards something called a physician home loan. Um, I don't know, Eric, did you use one of those? Uh, yes, I've used them multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I never heard of these things and it's a specific type of loan that were geared towards physicians in particular to help them with the financing of their primary homes. I mean, it allows them to put down sometimes lower down payments, a little bit looser on some of the qualifications for debt to income, especially with student loans. And um, especially for some people with 1099, sometimes they're a little bit more flexible. And that's what I was as an anesthesiologist. I had 1099 versus W-2. 
And so I started calling around every single physician lender that I could look online. And so I went to Google, found lists, started calling everybody. And honestly, I got to one person after, I don't know, about 25 calls who was willing to help me out. We got the home, made it through. And then afterwards, I was sitting there going, this, there has to be an easier way. I mean, there's just no way that a lot of my colleagues, I, I, if they're going through the same thing or they're going to go through the same thing, I better help them out. So what I just started doing is I started emailing all my colleagues and I said, look, if you're going to, or as my former residency mates, and I said, if you're going to buy a house, just do this, because I know they're in the same financial situation I am. And so I said, look, just contact this person. Let's make it easy. If you have any questions about it, just let me know. And so people started doing that. They started reaching out to me. I started counseling them on how to kind of get through the home loan process and just thought, you know, just for fun. I mean, just really to help them out, just to help other people. And then the next thing you know, some of their friends started calling me and I was like, okay, well, there, there has to be something better, a better way for physicians to kind of learn about this process, get connected. And so that's what I did. I mean, I decided to kind of just put together a little bit of a service. And honestly, I wasn't even trying to monetize in the beginning. I just put together something a little bit more formal, a website and a place and kind of a system to set up to, to refer people out. And it, again, it wasn't to monetize. And so uh, this thing just kept growing organically on its own, organically, you know, and eventually it became like a full-fledged business. Um, you know, I'm still working, you know, I'm still working part-time. I've dropped a little bit, but uh, I work, you know, I spent a lot of time on this thing just to kind of help people. And now we help people in you know, all over the country. Um, we're helping hundreds of physicians every year. And, uh, it's, you know, we're doing a lot of good. And the biggest thing about this is that, I mean, I always like to plug this part because it's the feel-good part that really keeps me passionate about the business. Um, of course, it's helping physicians. And that's, you know, my ultimate passion is to help other physicians who have, you know, been through or going through what I went through. And I don't want them to go through what I went through. But the other part is we have a big social mission component to it where we, um, using those funds, we go and uh, provide for less fortunate people overseas. We build homes and orphanages in India and also in Africa. We uh, support these academies where uh, people are given a trade and learn a trade so they can really support themselves and, and their whole communities financially on their own. So that's what we do with our proceeds. And that's really the essence of curbside, helping physicians, helping others uh, through the home buying process. Got it. And so you used a term called monetize for those who aren't um, as well-versed in internet lingo. What do you mean by that? Oh yeah. Sorry. I mean, it wasn't a business. It was just a business and service to help people out just for fun. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about making money by it. it, it it's honestly, as a physician, again, I, I wasn't thinking business. All I'm thinking is, uh, you know, I do my job, doctor job, make my income, put that money away and that, and it wasn't really to build a business where I could create other income. It wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. It was just to help other people, but that's ultimately what it became. Got and it. it created another source of income for me. And as I started doing that, I started getting a little bit more into real estate overall and investing. And the next thing you know, I was like really hungry for this other sources of income. I saw it coming in from that business. I saw it coming in from my rental properties. And all of a sudden I saw it kind of changing the way I was practicing medicine. I mean, the fact that I had other sources of income coming in, I was able to be a little bit more flexible with my schedule and some of these calls. At that time, honestly, I was picking up call after weekend, after holidays, uh, you know, at that, and then, so, you know, taking time away from my family. And then once all these started, you know, all these sources of income started coming in on a monthly basis, a little bit here, a little bit there, I started realizing, oh man, there's a lot of flexibility here. And so, um, yeah, I became really hungry for it. And that's when about the time when I really kind of got everything together is when you started seeing me pop up online in terms of the, the blog and website. 
Got it. And so before we go there, let's let's stay a little bit for those who are going to enter the home buying process. What would you say are kind of some of the biggest, let's just start with the biggest misconceptions for new, for physicians who are first time home buyers um, or about to re-enter the home buying process. What are the biggest issues that you see or misconceptions that you see that you have to dispel um, with, 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 with them? <laughs> oh, I think the biggest one is that just buying a home is, is the best financial decision that you can make at that moment. I think most people come out and that's like the first thing you think about, buy a, new, buy a nice car, <laughs> buy a nice car and, and buy a nice home. And honestly, I was, way, I was in that line of thinking as well. And you know, I had always heard your home is your best investment. And you hear that all the time, your home is your best investment. Um, and so people naturally just think, I'm just gonna buy a nice home and that's gonna help me financially and put me on the right path to wealth or to get where they want to be. Unfortunately, that isn't always the case. And you know, sometimes the situation, the best situation is to rent. And honestly, we have the discussion with a lot of people. I mean, they, some people want to, I mean, you know, I didn't buy during residency or fellowship, but many people do and they want to, and that's fine. But they have to understand where they're going to, you know, where they're starting that process and where they're going to end that process. And is that the smartest decision for them? And so we go through that whole rent buy kind of analysis kind of go through what makes sense for them concerning the current interest rates, where the market's going, what they have saved up, what their goals are. And we go through that whole thing. And I think that's the number one myth that we have to kind of just get over first. Um, and, you know, we go on from there. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is kind of the number one paradigm breaker that you have to do is it's not always, even though someone may want to buy, it may not always be the most prudent thing financially for them um, at that particular point in, in their life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So we, 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 you know, what we do in part of our business is connecting them to other people to help them with the home buying process. But I feel like that needs to be the first step. Okay. Every time. Gotcha. And so what does that process look like when someone works with you? What is the, so you say the initial step is kind of, does buying even make sense? And then what, it, what are those next sequential steps that they take uh, in the process? And since you've kind of figured out kind of how to smoothly make this transition. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just don't know where to start. And I think that's the biggest thing for people. They they want to buy a home. You know, maybe they've done the rent buy analysis on their own through some of these calculators online, thought about it, talked to people, and then they want to start and they don't even know where to start. And I think that was a process, that was a problem we came up with. And so we just happened to go into a bunch of open homes, I mean open houses, and we just walked in. But that may not be the best way for a lot of people. And so um, people come to us at all stages of the game. Sometimes they have their financing set up. Sometimes they have their realtor already set up. Sometimes they have none of these things. Sometimes it's just something just popped in their mind that they wanted to buy a home. And so we welcome people to come talk to us at any stage of the game. And so depending on what they need, we provide that support. So I would say, let's just start with a person who doesn't, they just start fresh. They just come out of training or they've been a couple of years out, they saved some money or they're starting a family and they really have kind of done the rent and, you know, by analysis, they know they're going to be in that location for a good five, seven, 10 years. Um, and, you know, they're very stable and they're ready to do this thing. And they come to us. And so what we say is, look, all right, first thing to do is always let's set up the financing. Let's make sure you're in a good financial place and that you're able to purchase this home. And so we kind of uh, get them to so some of the lenders that we work with and we kind of get uh, some basic information on the front end. You know, what what do they have saved down as a down payment? What, what are they 1099 versus W-2? Uh, what does their student loan debt look like? What are their other obligations and debt obligations? And uh, what kind of home purchase are they trying to make? Where do they live? These kind of things. And so once we kind of take all these factors in together, we kind of have this... Um, and we probably work with about 30 to 35 different physician lenders at this point. 
And based on what the information they've given us, based on what we know and based on our experience in working with hundreds of physicians, we get them to the right lender initially to kind of help them kind of start the process that involves getting a pre-approval, starting to think about the, the, the financing in place. And again, we don't care, honestly, who, which lender you end up with. I mean, that's the difference with us. We don't care. We just want to get you to the right person who can make sure they can close you, you know, get that deal close, get you that loan, and hopefully the best um, interest rate and terms possible, right? And so, um, yeah, people come to us, we get them with the lender. Once that's all set up, we kind of, if they need, and a lot of times physicians are relocating to different areas. They don't know anybody there. So what do they do to find a real estate agent? They maybe just go online, Google it. But how do they know who they're getting? And do they know if these realtors are familiar working with people with physician lenders? Because it is a little bit, uh, working with these physician lenders is a little bit of a unique thing. I mean, when you're going up against other uh, buyers out there who have 20, 25% down, 30, 35% down, and you're coming in with your zero or five or 10% loan, honestly, you might look like a weaker buyer. And so a lot of times you don't, your offer doesn't even get, you know, past that first check. So it's really important for these real estate agents to understand how to work with those loans, how to really sell you as a doctor, a well-established person, a good financial kind of backed person and, and make sure they win your offer for you. And those are the, those are the realtors that we, uh, partner up with uh, to make sure they get your deals done. And so um, honestly, it's a free service, just so you know. I, mean, I should have mentioned that from the very beginning. It's a free service. So physicians can do it all of this on their own. That's what people ask me. Can I do this all on your own? You can absolutely do it all on your own. Or, you, or we can help you through it, walk you through it, just be an extra third party looking over the whole process. And it's free anyways. And so um, I think it's important for me to mention how, how we get compensated because I think people do ask that all the time. And so we get compensated on the other side. Um, you know, they already spend money marketing uh, to get in front of people. You probably see park benches everywhere, <laughs> flyers, and these kind of things. And so what they do uh, for us is essentially we're a marketing fee. So once they close their deal, um, you know, a small portion of the commission goes back to us. And we take those proceeds, again, a large portion of those, and then fund our social missions. Got it. And so basically what I'm hearing is that, so you all are essentially providing a free service to physicians um, using your expertise. Um, one, making sure that their financing is in place uh, because you really can't buy if the financing isn't right. And then two, making sure that you get them with agents that understand the nuances of how physicians are buying and that they're, even though we may be coming with a smaller down payment, we're not a lesser buyer in terms of strength and ability to close. Would that be fair enough yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's perfect. And sometimes we just act as like that, the friend that you need to call when you don't understand what's going on. I mean, the process is not easy, Eric. You've probably gone through it tons of times as well. And <laughs> the, the expectation I set with people, I say, this is probably one of the most painful, I don't know, I tell people, this is one of the most painful processes you're going to have to go through. Because um, it's not cut and dry. And there's so many different players at play different hands. It has to go across different desks and um, it's never, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. And so sometimes we're just there to kind of talk people off the ledge kind of tell them this is normal. This is, this is what you can do to kind of help avoid this situation or that situation. And I mean, whatever people need. Got it. And so, you know, so I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of hiring experts to do stuff. Um, I think that physicians, we tend to be, um, back into the uh, Kiyosaki parlance kind of super S's um, that kind of we, we tend to oftentimes be the most competent people in the room in our lives most of the time, um, but not realizing that outside of the realm of medicine, um, you don't, as a physician, want to be the most competent person. You want to hire the people who are the most competent. And so I'm a big proponent of hiring the right people to guide you to cut down on mistakes and to 
what's called shortened time frames, meaning shorting the the time with which you're trying to accomplish your goal. Because of course, we're all smart enough to acquire enough knowledge to learn how to do any of these things, right? Uh-huh. Um, but the question is, is that the highest and best use of our time <laughs> over the long haul? And is that what we want to spend our time doing? So um, I think as a, as a service, um, you know, to me, this seems absolutely fantastic. So um, is there anything else that people need to know about that service that you all offer? Um, I mean, all they need to do is go to our website. It's www.curbsiderealestate.com. Uh, we're, we're also relatively active on social media as well. And they can, you know, see some testimonials there. And uh, we're, again, we're, 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 uh, we're a high touch business. And so, you know, there are businesses online where it's just kind of automated, where they just hand you off to this or that and you based on reviews, but we like to kind of get to know people. And I think that's, that's what people appreciate about us is it's very relational and uh, we want to get to know people and, and figure out your unique situation. And so honestly, when things close, we celebrate with you as well. I mean, we're, we consider this a big family and, and that's really how we've, we've tried to create this business. Great. And so now we're going to talk a little inside baseball. Um, is this scalable? It is, it is scalable. And actually as it's grown, I've gotten help to help me out with this. Now um, we don't do the deals ourselves and that's kind of where the scalable co- business comes in. I mean, it's really about connecting people. And so it's just a matter of like, what's our bandwidth to be able to take in these calls, keep these relationships and uh, really get them to the right people. And I think there are challenges at all stages of this game, right? I mean, how do we continue to, you know, honestly, how do I feel phone calls? I'm an anesthesiologist, right? How do I feel phone calls during the day to talk to people? How do I uh, create these relationships with lenders, uh, you know, all over the country and realtors all over the country? I mean, people come to us, smallest towns in the middle of the Midwest. And so how do we have realtors there? And so that's, uh, I mean, a lot of it has been just a lot of grinding. <laughs> it has been. Um, and as you know, that's how businesses start. But what I've done, and I've been really fortunate and just feel so lucky uh, to find other team members to help me out. And so uh, this business is not just me anymore. It's, it's me. It's my, um, uh, my partner. Uh, her name is Sue and uh, Sue Lee, and she helps me with all a lot of this client management and help me out with a lot of this relationship. We have a business manager who kind of oversees this whole process just to make sure everything is running smoothly and nothing falls through the cracks. Because honestly, you know, as you build any sort of business and it grows, that's a great thing. But sometimes the challenges are stuff falls, starts falling through the cracks. You can only handle so much. And it was around the time when I started the business when I had my first kid and now I have a second kid. And so you have family stuff. And and that's the challenge, being a physician and, and trying to have these other businesses. It's awesome and it's great, but again, something's got to give. And so at some point, you've got to realize, like you said, you can't do it all on your own. And so I would rather have other people help me out, have these businesses. I mean, you know, I'm not all about just keeping the income for myself. I'd rather just share it with other people. I'm creating jobs. I mean, which is like amazing. You know, you're creating jobs and and helping the economy and these kind of things and helping other people. And so um, honestly, it's become a family business now. It's like myself and a couple others, and we have some virtual assistants that help us out to, to kind of help us with this whole process. And honestly, Sue, the cool thing about her is she's, her husband's a physician and actually he was a co-resident of mine. And that's how we found this whole situation. And she's a former financial planner. Actually, she still carries her degree, um, well, certification. And also she's a real estate agent as well. So she's well-versed in all of these things. And I just know she's a good person. <laughs> and so and she cares about physicians. And so I found her. And so finding the right team members is just as important as, I mean, again, creating a good business. Honestly, uh, I couldn't do it all on my own. And so this, that's how I've learned to really scale it. 
And that, and that's really what I wanted to get to is that um, people who listen to the Physicians Road know I harp on building your team and building your team in different areas of your life. Um, the one thing we're all blessed to, as physicians to have is is usually a certain amount of disposable income. And using that income as a tool to help you, um, I think you've just demonstrated that point perfectly uh, in terms of putting money back in the business, understanding that entrepreneurship is hard. I try to tell people all the time, being a physician is relatively easy. Going out and being an entrepreneur, I mean, people think the grass is greener. It's not greener on the other side. I can promise you that. Um, But it can be greener if you're willing to change kind of how you do things and how you use the tools that are around you to help you. And I think think you are a shining example of that um, as it relates to um, these two businesses. Now, Let's let's flip over because I think you you started to allude to it before we went down the the inside baseball pathway. But let's talk about your other um, endeavor, um, passive income MD. So h- how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, that's a blog and website I have, and, uh, and you know as I started learning more about real estate businesses, investing, and these kind of things, I started telling all my friends about it. I can't. I mean, that's the kind of guy I am. I, you find a good restaurant, you find these kind of things. Uh, you just want to tell people about it and. Not necessarily you try to get out, get something out of it. You just, you just want people to enjoy life like you do, and, and kind of you know share in some of the successes. And honestly, failures too. I tell people when I when I suck at something, when something went wrong, or this this was a bad thing. I tell people them too because I'm trying to warn them. And so that's just the type of person I am. And I started telling people in the in the hospital all about these things. My friends, I started talking about the concept of passive income and having these additional sources of income. Uh, but and my friends said, "Look, I know it'd be amazing if you could put something online where we could kind of look at it." And read about it. I'm like, okay. So uh, was a few, I told a few, a few of these friends. And so I started doing that. I started putting it online. I'm not naturally a gifted writer or anything like that. In fact, I hadn't written anything since college when I was forced to. I, I guess some of these personal statements and things like that. But it's not something I necessarily even enjoyed doing uh, particularly. Um, so, but I said, all right, well, maybe I can put something online, just see how it goes and see if maybe if we get a little bit of engagement and and honestly, I think people need to know about this. I need physicians need to know about it. So I just stuck, you know, I wrote about 10 posts, just tried it, put it up online. I wrote it anonymously because, again, I wasn't sure exactly what kind of content I was going to have on the site. I didn't know if I was going to put some sensitive financial information or I was going to start talking about some uh, things about physician burnout or, you know, part going part time or things like that. And so I, I kept it anonymous and I put it out there. And next thing you know, it got picked up by a few national publications and uh, people started coming to the site. People started really resonating with, with uh, the things I was talking about. And I started building a community without even really trying to. And honestly, just kept writing and writing and uh, really got to know a lot of the, the physician financial bloggers in the space. Honestly, at that time, I only knew the white cone investor and you physician on fire, but I didn't even know anybody else was out there. And next thing you know, we all started communicating, talking. I started learning so much myself just by writing. It's not like I, I came to the table knowing everything and I still don't know everything. And I, I'm constantly learning. And I think that's really what the site was about. It's kind of what have I learned so far and what am I trying to learn? And, and, and as I'm learning, kind of report back to people and let them know. And so that's really what the website was all about. And it's grown and grown. And um, you know, I've even created this, you know, Facebook group that honestly, Eric, you're a part of, and, and you've been very active on there. It's called Passive Income Docs. And that's a physician group that uh, likes to talk about these things. And I'm also active on some of the other groups as well, like Michael Investor for, you know, that's kind of for medical professionals in general. And we, we spent a lot of time talking about these issues and I love it. I mean, it's really a community that I didn't expect to have. 
and uh, I'm leading some of these communities, but I'm just a part of some of these other communities. I'm learning uh, from communities like yours as well with physician real estate investing. I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm constantly learning from people like you. And so it's, uh, it's been a great journey. And I, I was anonymous on it until about two months ago. And yeah. You saw that. <laughs> and actually, that's what I, that's what I want to go into next is the, is the, pro, the process that took you from being, one, wanting to be anonymous, and then two, um, the coming out from behind, um, coming out from behind. That I, I kind of want to explore that a little bit psychologically. Because I think it ties into people wanting to do new things and wanting to try new things, but not necessarily having some fear about that process. So can yeah. you walk us through that psychologically, kind of why you did it and then kind of the, the coming out? Yeah, I mean, there definitely was some fear behind it initially. I mean, I was just trying to be super cautious too as well. I mean, as a physician, if you talk about anything financially online, uh, there's some privacy issues that I was concerned about. There's also you know, what am I writing about? I mean, I, I know a little bit about real estate. There's something, the idea of like imposter syndrome of where, you know, it's like, I don't really know a lot about this stuff, but I'm still trying to write about it. But, you know, are people going to ridicule me or am I going to fail at this? And, you know, so I felt like being anonymous was like the safest, easiest route. You can write behind this veil and, you know, become something great. If it doesn't, eh, gone and nobody knows anything about it. But as it started to grow and grow, I started to realize that um, the best part about this whole thing and best part about the whole journey was the relationships that I was building. You know, I was, I was getting to know readers online. People wanted to get together. I went to a conference um, and, you know, I did a small panel and I kind of talked about what I did and people were coming up to me and said, oh my God, just, you know, it's, it's really kind of helped change my mindset or these kind of things are, and, and, you know, I realized, okay, well, I can't really make the impact that I want to make if I am stuck behind this anonymous veil. And so I decided to really put aside that fear, put aside, honestly, put aside some of those privacy concerns, but I also decided to kind of be very, very clear about what I was going to do and what I was going to talk about online and make sure I was, you know, my family was protected and these kind of things. Um, but yeah, I decided to come out and honestly, it's been the best decision. I mean, I, uh, the, <laughs> you know, the criticism is now a little bit, can be a little more personal at times. I just people know who I am. And so I worry about that. But honestly, the, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And I think the benefits far outweigh the negatives, uh, especially in what I'm trying to do is if I'm really trying to make an impact and help physicians along this road, the same thing you're trying to do to kind of get them to a place where they think differently and really kind of take control of medicine on their own terms, uh, the life of medicine on their own terms, like you mentioned. Um, the only way to do that is to really be out there and show people this is what I'm doing. This is how the successes I'm having. This is the failures I'm having. I'm going to keep learning and um, I'm going to keep trying and hopefully you'll follow along with me and hopefully it'll make some sort of impact. Yep, absolutely. I think, yeah, I've, I've definitely um, benefited from being a part of your group, reading your blog posts. Um, it's, you know, it's a wealth of information and it does try to give people a roadmap. It doesn't tell people what they should do or what they shouldn't do. It just exposes them to what's out there. Um, and oftentimes as physicians, we are siloed kind of in the box of medicine and we don't really get a sense of what's kind of even available to us that's out in the world. And I think um, sites like yours definitely um, allow people a window into a world that most physicians don't know really exists. And so I'm always going to ap ap applaud and try to um, help and try to promote 
people who are helping physicians kind of break out of um, whatever box kind of societies kind of put us in or whatever box that we think we kind of uh, have historically been put in. Um, so always willing to, uh, to help promote uh, other physicians who are, who are doing that. And so as it relates to passive income ND, is there anything you're working on? Anything you want to tell the people about? You want to tell people how to, how to access uh, the groups and the site and the blog and all of those types of things? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it's just called PassiveIncomeMD.com. It's easy to find online. Uh, you can also just Google Passive Income for Physicians. We talk a lot about real estate. We talk about business. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about real estate crowdfunding. We talk about syndications. We talk about all these things on there. And we talk about mindset issues and what's your time worth. And something, Eric, you've kind of harped on in a good way. It's, uh, you know, what is your time worth as a physician? And, um, and also, I try to share some stories of people successful like you. <laughs> You're on there. Uh, as a story of people like, you know, just inspire people. And you find me on there. We also have a Facebook group, like you mentioned. And this one's specifically for physicians because there are groups that I'm part of that actually help run as well that are, you know, for medical professionals and other people as well. And that's called, you know, that's pretty much on the White Coat Investor uh, Facebook group. But uh, I also have a smaller subset group uh, specifically for physicians called Passive Income Docs. And you can find that on, on Facebook as well. Uh, we, you know, obviously I give information out through my newsletter, uh, potentially a future podcast in the works <laughs> and some future projects. And we're going to keep growing and figuring out ways to grow and reach out to people. Got it. Perfect. And is there from any tips about kind of, and you don't have to go into it if you don't want to. Um, I know that with the business, you've done some collaborations and some um, joint venture partners. Um, any, any, ideas to give to people about that. And if they're on this kind of journey that you're on is things that you've learned. Um, any, any advice that you'd like to give? Yeah. I mean, my, I don't know about you, but my favorite TV show is Shark Tank. <laughs> I saw it last night. And one thing I've learned on there and one thing that I just keep driving home is, you know, it's better to collaborate to be, maybe even have a smaller part of something bigger than it is to have a bigger part of something small. And so the way, especially that a lot of physicians, can get out there and grow bigger is to kind of collaborate with people. I mean, whether that's formally or not, is to get out there and, you know, cooperate. And um, at the end of the day, everybody learns. In my opinion, everybody wins. You know, there's, you know, there's, uh, I, don't, I don't think we're stuck. I don't think that's the kind of mindset necessarily that we're brought up in and trained in. I mean, we're, we're it's, it's a competitive, I mean, obviously getting where we're at, it, it's competitive. And we're always kind of, uh, you know, compared to our peers and who scores better. And this or that, and you always want to be in the top, in the top, in the top. And um, I, I don't think a lot of us go to the degree of, of being cutthroat or putting other people down or something like that. But uh, we do think about okay, we got to be better, better, better. And it's about you know kind of hoarding our own resources sometimes. And so I think in the business world though, it doesn't always work like that. I think in fact the opposite uh, a lot of times can help. And you've got to learn to collaborate, learn to cooperate. And Honestly, I was given an opportunity to uh, join forces, I guess, so to say, with with Wycon Investor and Physician on Fire, and so they they, they presented an opportunity to, to become business partners. And so, uh, obviously, I gave up I gave a portion of equity, I guess, in the company and the business to do so. But honestly, it's been just a, a huge win for everybody, and I've learned so much from the process about how to work with partners, how to learn with partners. The, the site has grown bigger. The business has grown bigger. I've, I've learned so much about being part with them. And, and so I'm always looking for opportunities to collaborate as much as I can online. I mean, I'm happy to promote, like even on my website, I have something called Journal Club where I promote other websites and other, other, other blogs that I think are awesome to, to read. I mean, I promote podcasts 
that I've listened to that are great. I mean, the whole thing is like, I want physicians to have all the resources available to them to really be successful. And the only way to do that is to really kind of help and promote other people as well. And so uh, at the end of the day, I think people uh, appreciate that. I think people learn from that. And um, it's been working out really well for me. Great. We, we call that the abundance mentality. And yeah. For those that, that aren't familiar, um, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Dr. Stephen Covey, um, many of us in the tribe of people that I, that I kind of run with, we, we just shorthand it. We say, uh, you know, they're a scarcity person or an abundance person. And so I personally only try to do business with people who are abundance people. And I try to only do people business with people who understand what that means if they understand the shorthand of abundance. And so um, it's great to hear that, that you fall along that mindset as well. And so uh, the hour is now long and attention spans are short. So anything you'd like to say to Physician Road listeners, anything you'd, you'd, you'd like to promote, anything else that you would like to, to give to, to the listeners, please take a few minutes and, and, and go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I mean, you've allowed me to promote plenty. So thank you, Eric. But I, I think the biggest thing that uh, I want people to take away from this is that um, physicians, I think a lot of times they self, self-limit themselves and they say, look, I can't do this for this reason, whether it's time, um, I, experience, I haven't learned these things or, you know, I don't have that right type of uh, personality or characteristic, but I, I see physicians doing this in all sorts of ways. And I've seen so many physicians become successful and that's from being part of these websites and groups that I'm part of. I've, I've seen so many of them. And I honestly, I think it took, it took a lot of special, uh, a lot of attributes to get where we're at. And I think a lot of those things translate into be successful in business and investments. And so I, I really uh, want to encourage physicians out there to just try. I mean, yeah, you might fail a little bit, but really failure is just a stepping stone to, to success. And, you know, with those failures, you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to get better. You're going to get better. And ultimately, uh, I, I don't think that all is lost. I mean, some people think, oh, man, this is, I'm in medicine. I'm stuck. And this is where I'm going to be and, and this sort of thing. But I think there, there is a road out, like <laughs> the road. Um, but there is a pathway out. And really, it's, it's not the same for everybody. Definitely not. I mean, some people ask me, that, what is the roadmap? But I don't think there necessarily is one roadmap. But I think it's a journey. And you've got to learn your own journey and kind of utilize this and see the resources out there. They're out there. But, um, you know, physicians can do this. And uh, if I can be a resource in any way, you know, feel free to reach out and uh, share your successes, share your uh, failures with me. Uh, I've been there. So um, just best of luck. Thanks for having me here. I think on that note, I couldn't have put it any better myself. And so we want to thank Dr. Peter Kim from CurbsideRealEstate.com and also from PassiveIncomeMD.com for being our guest. if you have any questions or want to give us any feedback, you can email us at feedback at the And please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google podcasts, um, and subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get it every time we put a new one out. Um, also please giving a, give us a rating and review. Five stars is best, of course, but please make it an honest review um, so that we can reach more physicians to get this type of information out to our colleagues. And please forward this uh, podcast and information on to your colleagues so that they can get these types of resources that we have here. And so thank you again for listening to the Physicians Road podcast, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, guys. 
The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Thank you for listening to The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Please go to thephysiciansroad.com and sign up for your free guides and resources.